Good morning. It is so good to be back with you again uh, this Sunday. I wrote down this morning when I was spending some time with the Lord in my prayer book, Lord, thank you for the privilege of getting to speak at Mount Horeb so often. And then I saw the pastor before the first service. We were up here at the front, and I, the first thing I said was, Pastor, thank you for the privilege of letting me come and, and share the pulpit. And, but before we get started, I had to thank you as well, because if you just got up and left, I don't think the pastor would have me back anymore. And by the way, I've noticed uh, when my pastor at my church found out how often I was having the privilege of preaching here, he's been inviting me to preach more at my church. Um, I like that. We've just ended 2019. I often take that time, I'm sure many of you as well, to reflect, what did I learn? How did I grow from the past, this past 12 months? And I, I asked this one question one morning, I said to myself, where did I grow in biblical wisdom? And immediately, this story came to my mind, this, this incident. It was in the summer. I invited all my grandchildren to go fishing in a little pond nearby, and the six-year-old boy and a four-year-old girl caught two huge <laughs> shell crackers. Now, if you don't know what a shell cracker is, it's, just think brim. They were beautiful. And I had this brilliant thought, very creative, it's quite impulsive, by the way. I said, let's get them mounted. And so, only 11 minutes away, there's a friend of mine who's a taxidermist, and for only $85 a piece, <laughs> he said, I will gladly mount these fish for you. Well, then I started thinking, I have eight grandchildren <laughs> and two more on the way. Ten times 85. That's $850 for a creative idea. And then I'm sure they're going to say, they call me GoDaddy, but GoDaddy, that this fish is bigger than the other one you mounted for me. Certainly you're going to mount this one for me, aren't you? So I see this thing escalating. Biblical wisdom. Here's the wisdom I learned. Never fish. We're starting a series this morning, both uh, in this service and the, and the other service, called Hindsight. It's going to go all month of January, Hindsight. Now, when we make bad decisions, say in the past, it should inform our present and impact our future. But often we don't learn from our bad decisions and we don't grow in biblical wisdom. Now here's, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. If you don't grow in biblical wisdom, something will grow. Your problems will grow. And here's how this works. Look on the screen, please. Our problems tend to grow, stage one, making a mistake. And if we don't grow in biblical wisdom, 
they immediately escalate into stage two. We develop a pattern in our lives. And if we don't grow in biblical wisdom at that point, it goes to stage three. We cultivate a lifestyle. Now, whenever a pastor is up here in the front and they begin giving you something like this, you should always ask, well, pastor, where do you find this in Scripture? We're not here to learn some kind of self-help, self-improvement seminar. We want to learn the Scripture. We want to master the Word of God so the Word of God can master us. Where do you find this in the Bible? Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to Judges chapter 14. We're going to cover three chapters of Scripture. I'm not going to read every verse, but we're going to go through three chapters of Scripture. If you don't have your hard copy and you have it on your phone, go ahead and scroll to Judges chapter 14. Do not dare stop at your text or email. Go straight to Judges chapter 14. If you don't have it on your phone, you have my permission to download the U version. The U version. It'll download in minutes. It's free, and you'll have it there. And then hurry up and get to Judges chapter 14. All right. I want us to look this morning at Samson and his relationships. Now, understand, I'm just picking one area of life. This sequence, from making a mistake to developing a pattern to cultivating a lifestyle, it can occur in any area of life. Your finances, your business, um, marriage, family, everywhere. But we're going to pick Samson and his relationships. So, look on the screen, please. Here's how this works. There's the problem phase, which I've been giving you. Make a mistake, develop a pattern, cultivate a lifestyle. So, there's the problem phase. We're going to look at Samson's situation in Scripture. And then we're going to say, this is what he should have done. He didn't, but it's what he should have. So, if you're there at Judges chapter 14, let's pick up at verse 1. Let me just read a few verses, make a couple of comments, and then we'll show you how this plays out. Chapter 14, verse 1. Then Samson went down to Timnah. This is in Philistia, where the Philistines are. And I want you to circle this word. Circle the word saw. Circle the word saw. He saw a woman in Timnah, one of the daughters of the Philistines. So he came back and he told his mother and father, I saw, there it is again, circle it again, please. And you'll see why in just a moment. I saw a woman in Timnah, one of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, go get her for me as a wife. Then his mother and father said to him, listen, son, listen to us. Is there no woman among the daughters of your relatives or from among our people? Now, this is found in Genesis, Exodus, excuse me, Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. They were told they were supposed to marry from within the people of God. So, they're saying, why, why is it you want to go take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? But Samson said to his father, go get her for me, and here's why, Dad. Verse 3, the end of verse 3, she looks good to me. Now, let me me just take a little pause here for a second. I just preached that one phrase at CIU to the students during chapel. She looks good to me. Here was my thesis. Students, 
What you catch them on, you got to keep them on. Two points. Point number one, if you catch them on your looks, your looks don't last. It may start out like this. But it ends up like this. It's called gravity. I used to have a fairly decent body, but I caught the furniture disease, and my chest dropped into my drawers. It happens every time. If you catch them on your looks, you're headed for trouble, because looks don't last, and what you catch them on, you got to keep them on. Point number two, I said, I've never preached two messages in one time before, I'm going to get it, got it today. Point number two, I told the students, if you catch them on inner beauty, you're headed for a life of blessing. You know why? Because when we follow Jesus, that inner Christ-like character gets prettier and prettier and prettier, or handsomer and handsomer and handsomer. But Dad, she's a looker. So, get to verse 5, then Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother, and they came as far as the vineyards of Timnah. And behold, a young lion came roaring at him. And you know the story. He takes a lion. He just rips it apart. He kills it. Verse 7. And, and when, I like to, in this Bible, it's green. I like to take different color pens. And whenever there's repetition in my Bible, I circle it in green. And we're going to find the same thing in verse 3. We find it in verse 7. Look at verse 7. So Samson went down and talked to the woman, and she what? She looked good to him. Now, let me just tell the rest of the story. So, apparently there's this proposal. Samson goes back home. Then he comes back for the wedding festivities. Now, he killed the lion going to Timnah. And as he's going on the return trip, he goes back by and checks on the carcass. And inside the bees, inside the carcass, the bees have made some honey. And he eats some of the honey. And when he gets to the wedding festivities, which last a week there in this part of Scripture, he says, hey, Philistine guys, there are 30, it's called 30 companions. And here's a way to remember these three chapters. It's 30 friends, 300 foxes, and 3,000 Philistines. Friends, foxes, Philistines. We'll see how this plays out later on. But he says these 30 guys, let's make a bet. I'm going to give you a riddle. If you can guess it, I'll give you each a new set of clothes. If not, you give me 30 sets of clothes. So here's the riddle. Out of the eater came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. Well, they can't guess it. So they ask his, his bride... Tell us, because you're going to impoverish us. So about the fourth day, she's warning down, and he tells her the answer. So then they come to Samson. They said, what is sweeter than honey or stronger than a lion? Well, he now knows they've been, they've gone around him to his wife. He gets mad, and he goes, he, he, for you businessmen, it's a, 
It's a creative way of lowering your cost of goods. He goes and he kills 30 men, takes their clothes, and gives them to the 30 companions. And he's so mad, he leaves his wife behind and he goes home. Well, the father gives her to somebody else to be their wife. A little later, Samson says, I'm going to go back for my wife. He goes back. He finds out she's been given to another. He gets mad, so he captures 300 foxes. He ties their tails together. He releases them during the harvest. They burn all the crops. It, the Philistines, now they are mad. He goes back home. He's not worried about it. They come to get him. And uh, the men of Judah say, say, Samson, you know, they rule over us. We've got to be careful here. He says, okay, you can tie me up, but don't kill me and turn me over to them. You know the story. He breaks free and takes the jawbone of a donkey, and he kills a thousand of them. Three thousand is in the next chapter 16. So, let's look at Samson. Samson's situation. When he made the mistake of not following the Word of God, Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy, not listening to his parents, can't you find a wife here? How many of you didn't listen to your moms and dads growing up? I had one of my sons. I had them buy their own cars, pay their own insurance. So my oldest son, with the money he had, the car he bought was about the size of the stage. And it, it come, he couldn't do a three-point turn. It had to be like a 15. I mean, it was huge. Parted in the garage, took up three-quarters of the garage. When he had back up, he had back up very fast. I'd say, son, you need to go slowly. He didn't listen to his daddy. One day he came in the house with a mirror. He said, dad, how do I put this back on my car? Backed up so fast, it knocked the mirror off. He didn't listen to his daddy. Samson didn't listen to his daddy. He made the mistake also, second mistake, letting his eyes control him. He was looking at outer beauty when he should be looking at inner beauty. Now, what he should have done when he realized he had made this mistake, what he should have done was confess it. Oh, God. Oh, Dad. Father, Heavenly Father, Earthly Dad, I messed up, and I've learned. But what we tend to do, like Samson, is we justify ourselves and or blame it on somebody else. And we do that, two things happen. Number one, we suffer consequences. He suffered two chapters of consequences, conflict, because he didn't want to own up to his mistake and say he blew it. And when we don't do that, when we justify ourselves, blame others, we move to stage number two. So let's look at that. On the screen it says, he developed a pattern. That's the problem phase. What's the situation? Let's look at chapter 16, verse 1. Chapter 16, verse 1. 
I love to hear those pages turn. Chapter 16, verse 1. Now, Samson went to Gaza. Gaza is one of the five major cities of Philistia. So, he's left his home again. He goes to Gaza. And circle the word, he saw. See that? Now, before he made a mistake, he sees this good-looking gal in Timnah. So, you see all the consequences from, from that, Samson? Are you learning biblical wisdom? No. You get to chapter 16, verse 1, he sees another woman. So now it's no longer a mistake. He is, he's developing a pattern. That's why I wanted you to circle that word saw. It's over and over and over again here in this story of Samson. And not only is it just a woman, what kind of woman is this? It's a prostitute. He sees a harlot there, and he went into her. Now, remember, the Philistines aren't, aren't real happy with Samson. They still remember what he did, a thousand of their compatriots. So, it was told to the people of Gaza, saying, Samson has come here. They surrounded the place, and they lay in wait for him all night long at the gate of the city. And they kept silent all night, saying, shh, let's wait for him until morning then we will kill him. Well, I don't know how Samson knew there was danger. Now, Samson lay until midnight, verse 3, and at midnight he arose, took hold of the doors of the city gate and the two posts, pulled them up along with the bars. Then he put them on their shoulders and carried them to the top of the mountain, which is opposite Hebron. Now, Terrace, are you up there? How far is Gaza in the west to Hebron in the east. He went to CIU, by the way. <laughs> exactly? More or less. All right. 40 miles. Can you imagine carrying doors with posts and bars on your shoulders for 40 miles? I mean, I get tired of just thinking, walking 40 miles. I mean, that's halfway to Augusta, or more than that. So, he gets there. Now, the point is this. He should have seen the pattern developing in his life and think, oh no, it's no longer a mistake. I'm repeating this. And I said, this, this happens in every sector of life. Let me tell you about marriage. Debbie would be here this morning, but her father this past week had a stroke and lost vision in both eyes. She's down in Florida taking care of him. She gets back this afternoon. She and I have been married 40 years, 11 months, and 16 days today. And we have a wonderful marriage. Great marriages, though, take great work. And one of the things that I found for a great marriage is learning to recognize patterns. And we hadn't been married four years. We moved from Florida to Atlanta to help plant a church in Atlanta. And before we moved into the house we bought, we were living with my parents. And it was either this congregation or the previous, the early service, that I think last month 
I share just a little bit about my family situation. If you remember, it was unchurched, dysfunctional, um, unbelievers. It's a tough situation. Talked about the suicides, the mental health hospital, the alcoholism, the drug addiction. So anyway, living with in my, it brought back so many of those memories. But I didn't realize it. I was on edge. And one night, Debbie and I found ourselves, instead of sitting this way, we were squared off. We had the fingers out. And it was like, well, Debbie, you, and she was, you. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out. Just, just time out just for a second. C come here. Sl slide right by me. And I reached out and I hugged her. This pulpit is softer than she was that night. <laughs> now, sweetheart, do you know I love you? Yes. You know we're on the same team, right? Yes. I said, baby doll, I think I have been thinking you're the problem, and you've been thinking I'm the problem. Now, I know I ultimately am the problem. But something's going on. And we were at the kitchen table, and I reached out, and I grabbed, I think, it's either this one or a different one, but I have them, salt shaker. And I saved them because of the impact it made in our marriage. I said, baby, let's you and me figure out it's not we're the problem. That's the problem. Now, let's figure out what that is. Because as long as we personalize it, we'll never go anywhere. And the relationship will spiral. But if we can figure out what that is, then you and I can spiral upwards. And so as we talk through it, well, you said this. Yeah, but baby, you said this. Yeah, but you did this. Yeah, but baby, you did this. And as we kept going back down, it was like, why? Why? We kept asking the question, why? Then fire went, because I'm in enemy territory, baby. I left home when I was 17. I never went back. This is bringing back so much baggage from my past. I'm sorry I've directed it to you. Let's squash it and get rid of it together. But we were letting a pattern start because that wasn't the first night it happened. So what do we need to do when we get to this stage of problems? We need to change the patterns. We need to develop biblical patterns. We need to grow in that wisdom. We need to master this book so this book can master us. Does that make sense? Lord, show me where we're going wrong and what we need to do to go right. Makes me think of 
2 Timothy 3.16. You know that verse? All scriptures inspired by God and profit for teaching, for correction, for reproof, for training in righteousness. For reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Here's how it goes. I think of this, this uh, circle like that. It teaches us what we should do. The Bible does. It reproves us when we get off the path. It corrects us, showing, showing us how to get back on the path. And then it trains us in righteousness. Lord, do that in my marriage so we can keep these patterns out. Well, if we don't change, we escalate to phase three. Samson cultivated a lifestyle. So let's pick up with verse four. After this, it came about that Samson loved a woman. Now, this woman lived in the valley of Sorek, which is also in Philistia. Timnah, Gaza, Sorek, they're all in Philistia. They're all among the people who are not following God. They are following idols. But this woman has a name. She's famous. And her name is what? Delilah. Well, you know the story. She wears him down. The, the, the Philistines offer her 1,100 pieces of silver uh, to find out what makes Samson so strong, so invincible. She wears him down. He spills the beans. They come in and cut off his hair. They blind him. They gorge his eyes out. They enslave him. He's bound up. He serves as their entertainment. They're mocking him, laughing at him. He's so belittled, so ashamed, which is a perfect picture of us when we go through these stages and don't grow in biblical wisdom. We become blinded to the problems that we've created for ourselves and the hurt it causes other people, the people who love us, the people close to us, the people in our lives. But we've sunk so far, it's like we can't escape. It's my lifestyle. You know, over the holidays, a former CIU student came by the office to see me. She was there about 22 years ago. Sweet, precious gal. Precious then, precious today. She brought one of her two daughters this one's a special needs young lady, 18 years old. And I said, well, tell me, what's been going on since you left CIU? She said, well, it started out wonderful. I married a youth minister, but something happened. And he divorced us. He divorced me, the, the girl, the lady, and her two, she had her two little girls. He left us. I said, well, what happened to him? Well, he left the ministry, and today he's in his sixth marriage. Now, now watch. You can make mistakes, but when you make that mistake over and over again, there's a pattern. I said, may I ask you a question? Whose fault 
does he think it is each time he separates? She goes, oh, it's never his fault. He justifies himself and blames others. It's always somebody else's fault. It's somebody else's problem. But it's his lifestyle now. And he's blind like, like Samson. His eyes have been gorged so he doesn't see the pain he's called this cause to the sweet lady for two decades. And I don't know about the other daughter, but the daughter that was there, just precious. So what do we need to do? When it gets to this point, you have to conquer the lifestyle. And you can do that in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because our God is bigger than all our problems. And our God is a God of grace. During the first service, I could hardly worship because I kept writing down the, some of the, the, the verses in the hymns we were singing. We sang the same hymns this service. The first hymn, God spreads the wings of grace over us. He spreads His wings of grace. He comes to cover us with grace. The second song, the wonderful grace of Jesus. The, the, then, then amazing grace. It's not just grace, it's amazing grace. It's not just a little bit of love, it's a whole lot of love. He doesn't care for us just a tiny bit. He cares for us so much that He allowed His own Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer and die on the cross, be buried in a grave, but He rose from the dead showing the power of God, and He wants to manifest that to you and to me on a daily basis. He doesn't care what phase, what stage we are in our problems. His grace, what is it? He hides us in, in the cleft. Where's Dan? Yeah, in the cleft of the rock, and his hand covers us. How big is the hand of God? You ever seen those little cartoons where the devil's pulling this way and, and maybe an angel or two will pull this way and there's this tug of war? I saw one one time that had the devil pulling this way and angel pulling this way and this huge fingernail coming down and on the end of the rope. He's in charge. If he doesn't want that thing to budge, it's not going to budge. Let me ask you a question. Do you have any bad decisions from the past? But you haven't grown in biblical wisdom? And you see yourself because it's been put in, in some vocabulary. Sometimes these thoughts and emotions go around our heads until we can put some words to it. We don't make sense. And you see yourself or maybe one of your loved ones moving down this, these phases. If so, I want you to listen very, very closely. Most important thing I'll say all morning long. It doesn't matter how you start. What matters is how you finish. In verse 28, chapter 16, it's really a sad, to me it's a sad, a lot of people go, yeah, 
Samson got him in the end. He kills these 3,000 Philistines. He says, it says, then, then, after all these problems and heartaches and sadness and grief, then Samson calls upon the name of the Lord. He should have called upon the name of the Lord in chapter 14. But at the very end of 16, he finally calls upon the name of the Lord. Now, it was for fairly selfish reasons. As you grow in spiritual maturity, it's less about us and more about him. But at this point, he says, would you avenge me because they gouged out my eyes? Well, it doesn't matter how, where his perspective is. At least he's, he's, he's pointing himself in the right direction. Then he called upon the name of the Lord. It doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you finish. Let me tell you this. Three truths. God can use your past. I don't care what it is. He doesn't care what it is. He's in the business of cleaning up the past. And he can change your present. I don't care where you are. I don't care what stage you're in. He can change it. He loves you so much he wants to change it. And he's big enough he can change it. And he's wise enough to know the best way to change it. But you got to turn to him. You have to turn, you have to grow in biblical wisdom. The third thing is, not only can he use your past, not only can he change your present, he can bless your future. That's why I said it doesn't matter how we start, it matters how we finish. Samson finished strong, but he wasted his life. So my brothers and sisters, the question I want to leave us with this morning is this. Do you have any hindsight? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this church. Thank you for my brothers and sisters. Father, thank you for your love and your grace. Thank you for your power and your might. Thank you for examples from Scripture. Thank you for the Word, Lord, that you've given us. Lord, we want to master it. We want to learn it. We want to, we want to absorb it. We want to be changed by it. Lord, we want to master it so your Word can master us. Lord, we don't want to sink down and spiral down these, these with our problems. We want to spiral upward. We want to be more Christ-like. We don't make a difference in the lives of those around us. Lord, I read this morning, I, oh, Psalm 98 or somewhere in there, Lord. It was my prayer this morning. Even in my old age, may I be fruitful. Father, there will be some here this morning maybe that are advanced in years, weighed down with problems. Father, would you set them free? Would you bust them out of that lifestyle? And let them be fruitful for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.